0: Hey guys, thanks for joining the Football Almost Daily
1: Podcast. Welcome.
0: <laughs> we are the fad Cast. You cast? have to excuse cast? me, I'm
1: just eating a granola. 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 There are, <laughs> there are other brands of granola, but Sainsbury's best granola is the best. Pretty damn good. You can definitely taste the difference. Oh, hell no, you did not just go there.
0: Hello and welcome to uh, the Football of Australia podcast where we talk about granola. Mm. We were just talking about <laughs> uh,
1: actually the Sadio Mane thing as well where he's uh, given a lot of money at home and I said yeah, Drogba had done quite a lot and Ian busted out a hell of a joke with uh, Didier. <laughs> But we weren't recording, so it doesn't seem as funny. It doesn't seem as funny. I'm going to. But it was very I, funny.
0: I laughed a lot. I yeah. just let it linger as well. I was just like, did he? old. And then,
1: yeah. And the penny dropped after about four hours. But there it was. <laughs> cool. So uh, this week, then, it, we're about a third of the way through the season. We've run headlong into another international week, and we all love those, right? A uh, bit of handbags in the England camp. Just on a side note, quite funny. Raheem Sterling, Joe Gomez, carrying on from Liverpool. Manchester so I didn't at the weekend. see any
0: of it, but I saw somebody picked up someone and moved him across. What happened? Uh, like,
1: well, what? I I don't know exactly what happened. Did someone I grab someone is, by the throat? It seems quite a lot like Raheem Sterling um, had a little little uh, shit fit, being a bit of a wet lettuce about the weekend. Joe Gomez probably pressed the right buttons <laughs> and, and then he was uh, put in his place yeah and it said that he packed his bags to leave it was saying on sky news um mm-hmm. before jordan henderson intervened and had a bit of a chat and i thought that was pretty damn funny <laughs> he had a proper little diva strop did he in the england camp well shows that the england players uh, took uh, gareth southgate's words about being humble and Tossing away the arrogance to heart, then he didn't even last, you know, one morning's training before that happened. But there we go, he's been a man in his own words and admitted that he got overly emotional. So, is he uh,
0: somewhere he'd been dropped as well? Is that in the England? Team? Uh, yeah, he's
1: been dropped as punishment. Well, but, um, I mean, he still gets so he paid. Oh, no, they don't get paid for England stuff. So like, no, geez, he still gets uh, his money, uh, right? You know, if, you, if you're going to be a bit of a twat, then you should be dropped, shouldn't you? But surely they should fine him. Uh, no, they should drop him, in my opinion just set the standard no matter how good you are no matter how important to the team you are you don't show team spirit you don't show self-discipline you have to play for Scotland then (laughs) 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 then yeah that's another thing (laughs) talking about the Scots uh, not really playing for the team you know it's quite a sad thing really I mean I'm I'm torn because Scotland are a historically um, significant footballing nation probably our biggest rival across history and there's a Complete hilarity in the fact that they're so bloody useless. But also, (laughs) it's a little bit sad. I'm sort of torn, really, you know. But uh, I think the funny will probably win out there. (laughs) So, uh, where were we then? Let's get into it. Fantasy, Ian. How is your fantasy going? Third of the way into the season. What's it looking like? How was this past week? Let's start Do you know what? It's not bad.
0: Yeah? I'm actually really happy. So, I scored... 76 points and in the last two weeks mm-hmm. I've shaved off two million points in the ranking you've so, gone up sorry yeah, yeah I've gone up so I, shaved, I was at three million nine hundred and fifty four thousand whatever almost four million uh, in game week 10 mm-hmm. and then I went 2.8 and I'm 1.8 so I am on a really good streak and it can only Fantastic. get worse I can do something
1: stupid and ruin everything. I think um, that that is likely for all of us who are playing fantasy mm, that we'll have a tough week.
0: But I mean, it, it's looking good at the moment. I'm quite happy. I I picked the right thing in terms of, I was talking about Rashford, shall I get him, shall I get him? Uh, he got, where was I? I did see it a minute ago. Five points. Uh, and I got Jimenez instead, and Jimenez got nine.
1: Yeah. So I made the right decision, and I'm very happy You did with make that. the right decision. Rashford missed an absolute sitter as well to uh, get his second goal. So mm. it was a good fortune that he missed that in terms of points.
0: I think the only thing I did wrong was I didn't put Soyuncu in instead of,
1: oh. I don't know, Rico, because he seems bollocks. Yeah, you brought Rico in as kind of because he was a bit of a fantasy <sighs> favourite, he? but I think he's not so. really done anything, is he?
0: No. But yeah, so my transfer paid off.
1: How did yours go? I think it went okay, didn't it? Yeah, well, I, I actually made two transfers last oh, week. So oh yeah. one, one of them was a bit of a cameo. So I, I put Mason Mount on the bench and uh, brought in Oxlade. Um, and I actually decided to play him. He did get off the second half, uh, get off the bench onto the pitch in the second half. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just for a bit of a cameo at the end, really. Um, so he only got a point, but Mount only got three. So there was only a couple of points dropped there. The other one was a hell of a payoff because I dropped Jordan Ayu and brought in Gerard Deulofeu, because I felt with Norwich's wonderfully generous defence, Deulofeu, mercurial a character as he may be, I thought mm. he'd have a bit of a field day there. And he did grab a goal and an assist and a huge 12 points for me. So that was fantastic. We did
0: talk a bit when we weren't recording about possibly that being a tactic where we looked at who Norwich were playing against. So just pick some of their players up. But I think
1: that's a really good idea. But then when
0: we looked at they're playing Everton next. And Everton don't really have any anyone. I think Richarlison, <laughs> he's
1: he's their top scoring fantasy player as it stands. Um we were tempted before reading the moyes can disciplinary stuff, I was tempted to think that uh, Silver might throw him in to see if he could get that all-elusive goal for Everton that he'd been waiting for because you're not going to get a better chance of playing at home to Norwich at the minute. But uh, I'm not sure he'll get in I after don't... that, so it could be mm. perhaps uh, banking on Tosun or Calvert-Lewin to bag a couple of goals but I think he tends to go with Calvert-Lewin because he's a little bit more dynamic than and Tosin. Tozen's a bit more of a target man but he's great in the box and our defence is just absolutely shambolic at the minute so uh, that, that's perhaps worth a shout um, so something to keep an eye on then yeah, th- who are Norwich going to get
0: crucified by this weekend? <laughs> yeah,
1: I I think overall, I mean, like I say, we're about a third of the way through the season, and looking at it, five of the last uh, four of the last five weeks, I've got seventy plus points. Well, I mean, I have got sixty nine on one, but that's, that's as close as. Um, and you th- see how things can about phase change. You have a mm. few good weeks, and you're right back in it. So I was about one hundred and ten points off the lead in our our own league that we've got going and uh, shot right back up the league leader five weeks ago was miles ahead of me and now I'm only eight points behind him so it's it just goes to show you get you you make the right couple of transfers you just you know you have to gamble I think what I've learned
0: is you can do all of the the research you can listen to all the podcasts and everything and normally you just have to make the decision yourself go with your gut feeling and just go with it and then if you make if it's the wrong one it's fine Whereas, if you listen to somebody else and go, mm. I'm going to copy that, and then it backfires, then you're kind of, you hate yourself well,
1: almost for not doing it. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, it goes to show that just a few weeks can really change everything. Well, as, so yeah, for you, me. You don't want to feel like you're out of it just because you've had a couple of bum weeks. Just keep keep going with it. and yeah, see just look at me do. shaving two million off in two mm. weeks. But the fixtures, the fixtures are hugely important. So I think, first of all, we can say, what I've learned is I've done far better by picking a team. Okay, it's got De Bruyne or Romane in. But the team that you put together seems to be more than the sum of its parts sometimes. Mm. So you, it's just getting the right players. It's not necessarily just going out and picking your worldies and sticking them in. You've just got to I think, try and create that team with a few of the cheaper it's because, players. It's because there there's well. been so many cheaper players just getting a ton of points
0: that it doesn't make sense to spend so much money on one or two players and having the shit like in the rest of the places when you can just have the decent picks everywhere and then most of the time you're getting a decent amount of points
1: yeah I agree I think you've it's putting those players in and it's checking your fixtures you really have to check your fixtures and see because you know we could say about some players that are playing quite well at the moment um, that they, they could run headlong into one of the better teams in the league. So you don't want to bring them in. If, if in the next game you're playing Liverpool or something, no matter how good a run someone's on, you're quite probably not going to want to bring that player into the team if they're playing Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Man City the same. And home and away form counts as well. I mean, you have to look at uh, Arsenal have got pretty appalling away form, Norwich have got appalling away form, Burnley pretty strong at home, they've got pretty terrible away form. So it's, it's kind of looking at that as well and just making sure that the players you're going to bring in, although they might be on a hot streak, who is it they're running into next? And can you bring somebody in that you're going to be able to rely on maybe for a few weeks so that yeah. you are not spend an unnecessary transfer? Well, that's it, points. isn't it? Because you only get one transfer. So you, if it is you're chasing that person
0: because yeah. they've had a good week and then they have a shit week, then you're like, well, I want to get rid of them. And then you get well, rid of them and then you're
1: tracing to the next person. So. Good. A great thing is, uh, or a great point is we were looking at like Everton players. Yes, perhaps uh, Everton are going to play well against Norwich. But if you're going to bring somebody in, then after... Norwich, Everton have got Leicester away. <laughs> they've then got Liverpool away. Yes, yeah, so I know. They've perhaps. then got Chelsea at home. And they've then got Manchester United away. And then they've got Arsenal at home. So you would say that up until sort of Christmas, post the Norwich game, the Everton fixtures are actually quite difficult. So if you do decide that you're going to bring somebody in from Everton, it has to be that you think, I'm probably going to bring him in this week. And then kick them out next week. Mm. So, yeah, it's just sort of assessing that. I think we've picked it up as we've gone. <laughs> we've definitely got better. So that's hope for people who are out there. Because, I mean, we were getting 20 and 30 points at the start. And we're now sort of getting more like 62. <laughs> 60 <laughs> you to know 80. exactly what's going to happen, though. we no, we'll, to we'll get brain. an absolutely we'll stinker get, of a score. <laughs> we'll up we'll to get like 12 points. Break. Everyone will get one or something. Yeah. Like. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's just our tips. I mean, I don't know if they're value for money or not, but go with it. If you've got any more tips, you can always uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're on that forum and also YouTube, I believe now. So uh, yeah, how do you um, how do you see things going going forward? Then do you reckon is the bottom is going to fall out of our game, or do you think we'll manage to to keep going
0: I think think what we're doing makes sense in terms of we're looking at who else is in our league Mm. because I think it's just all about the league like I don't really care where I sit necessarily in overall rankings I mean the guy who's first in our league has got a pretty high score so if we can get anywhere near him we're going to be doing well but we're looking at who we've got and then who we put in that isn't already in one of our teams in the league and that's helping loads there's obviously the players you can't avoid but then the, the people that we're getting in, we're trying not to pick the same people as everybody else in the hopes that they do something well. So I reckon we'll, well be fine. I that's the we'll thing.
1: Think... When you play catch-up, what you want to do is maybe try and get that one player in that you think might get you a few more points this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely... The Leicester players are now going to be hot property for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I got away with that for a week or two, having a few Leicester players in. I think Jimenez, there's only one other person who
0: had him. And it's the same with Rashford. So it's literally... A flip of the coin of which one I was going to go for.
1: Um, Well, the league has really tightened up. So we've got Game of Thrones at the top with 719 points. Footy Snooks with 677. Tilly Swats with 664. Cupid Stunts with 654. Then there's me, Deli Belly, with 646. Horny for corners, which is Ian, is 613. Dyslexia Untied at 5.23 and Bobaldinho Wheeze at 4.06. So, Bobaldinho bringing up the rear. He's not a big footballing man, which explains that. But uh, yeah, I think we're the league has really started to bunch up, apart from Game of Thrones, and now trying to uh, pull away there. They have got a 42 point lead now and are fairly consistent on those old game week points. So, I think Game of Thrones is the veteran in our league, perhaps.
0: Um, mm, he's, I, did have, I did have the so stats it's understandable it's like he's always um, just under or quite a lot under the one million mark in the yeah. last like however many years it was like the first two he was two or three and then the last like four or five always yeah. under a million so
1: absolutely so it is a game of uh, it, there are skills to be picked up in how to play it but then like we say, we don't just want to copy him even even no, if it's, uh, not as good as that might be fantastic well by all means, let us know, guys, how you're getting on a third of the way into the season. How's your fantasy going? Are you still enjoying it? You got any tips of your own? Pass them on to us. We'd love to hear them. Uh, moving on from the fantasy, though, actually into the football itself. Uh, big weekend. I mean, probably should start at the biggest one of all. Liverpool 3, Man City 1. So, mm. great game. I was Lots of I was very happy about that. Yeah, I think... Um, people in our league again had
0: Man City players. They didn't perform really.
1: Yeah, I so, think a couple of the teams had a De Bruyne captaincy on it, which I thought was a bit bit risky. Definitely. And turned out to be so. Uh you and I went for Vardy, so we got plenty of points off of mm. uh, that. But yeah, Man City uh defeated at Liverpool fourth. Um going into the international break before we go embark on the big Christmas run up. Uh, how do you see that one then? Liverpool are nine points ahead of City. We should point out they are only eight points ahead of Leicester and Chelsea. But do you think at this stage of the season, we're a third of the way in, Liverpool are nine points clear of their biggest rival.
0: Mm. I Is it game over? It. I are Liverpool
1: champions elect at this point?
0: I don't think it's game over now, but I can definitely see Liverpool winning it. I think it's definitely their time. They've learned from mistakes they made before. They're definitely going after all the wins instead of just happy with a draw. So, yeah, I I think it's definitely Liverpool's year. You're pinning your yeah yeah. Are you you still on uh, Man City? Because I know that's
1: what you said. Um, I said Man City, and the only reason is because they've been there and done it. I think Liverpool have they've had record point seasons before, and they've not got over the line. They've looked like they were going to win the league at points. They've not got over the line. Um, I think if it was the other way round and Liverpool were fourth and City were top with this gap, I'd be saying no chance. City have, is City's all the way. It's in the bag. But with Liverpool, there's always that little element of doubt because they just haven't managed to get it over the line. Um, but if they go on and win it, fair play to them. 30 years since they won the top division title. I think it's the one that all the fans want. They've actually won the Champions League twice in the time since they last won the league. I think they deserve it, um, don't they? It's, it's definitely their, their time. Yeah. And Klopp's done a great job there. Man City, on the other hand, it's not gone great for them this season. Three defeats already, you'd say one more defeat might well put them out of it. Uh, I know Laporte's been missing at the back. A lot's been made of that and a lot's been made of company being gone, but you'd think, to be honest, there are there are still True. games that they should have won. Yeah, I mean they should be performing better, even though they're just—they're only missing Laporte. Um, it doesn't really say a lot for the rest of their defense if they can't manage to um, get some points on the board without him, or they're struggling with just the loss of him. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a bit different as well. I think Fernandinho being pulled out of midfield has had a big effect because he shielded that back line so well and they've played Rodri in there haven't been so impressed with him so far Gundian's played deep he doesn't seem to have the same defensive now solo's passing range is much better but Fernandinho for me I think if Pep immediately wants to shore it up he could play two centre-halves and then just play Fernandinho in hold holding role because that would immediately shore up their defence I'm no one to tell Pep Guardiola what to do but it just seems that way to me hmm. Um. But let's hit up the two, I mean, you've got to say, they're both surprises, really, are not you? I mean, in the top six, there are three overwhelming surprises. A third of the way through the season, who would have said Leicester, Chelsea, and maybe Chelsea would have said would be in the top six, but Sheffield United as well. I mean, start with Leicester. They're just on a tear at the minute, aren't they? Mm, I think they're going to be,
0: I mean, definitely get into like, the Champions League. I think that's yeah. probably they're probably not title contenders this year, but Champions League they'll definitely get like easily this year. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon so.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think their big problems will come is they've got a great first eleven, but they don't seem like they've got an awful lot beyond that. Um so, so long as they keep everyone fit, devoid of injury, they've got no European competition giving them an overwhelming amount of midweek games as well. Uh yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think they've got more than enough quality to grab themselves a Champions League spot. Chelsea as well. The youngsters are panned out. Lampard's panned out. For now, though, it but looks when pretty good. When does that um, transfer
0: embargo thing end? Because they're not just going to well, buy I think they're a trying to get, get it to bars. end in
1: January and. There is always the gossip rumours about who they're signing, but I really don't think they should sign anybody in January. So you don't think they need anyone to show up any should. part of... No, because the thing is, you've got a group of young players who are playing really well together. They seem to have a great team spirit, a great team harmony. Everybody now seems to know their roles. So I guess it can- might ruin it if they went out and spent... Yeah. Like- millions and millions I've got this one player and it might just completely destroy the team Exactly around. if you bring a new player right. in mid-season I'm talking yeah. about you bring a new player in mid-season that can really upset the equilibrium be, yeah, you know, it, yeah. they've that makes got sense. to integrate into the team they've got to integrate with the players they've got to learn how the team plays it could ultimately even though I don't doubt whoever they bring in would be quality it could upset the Apple cart so to speak in terms of the fact that they've they've got good momentum. I suppose it makes sense to keep all of their money as well. Why would you spend it if your
0: team is performing well, yeah, at third in the league at the moment, like
1: if come January Chelsea are still in the top four and they look like they're doing quite well. Keep money. I think they should keep the money in their pocket and save it for the summer.
0: Well yeah there's potential as well that these like young players player, they're playing are going to be worth a lot as well mm. if they get all the experience like they are. Yeah. So that could pay off for them as well.
1: Yeah, going on to fifth place, Sheffield United, I mean, that is an absolute dream for them, isn't it? Um, As bad as we've been for the past few games is as good as Sheffield United have been. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, fantastic. They look... Win draw, win draw. Yeah, they are solid at the back. They're incredibly disciplined. Everybody knows his role. They've got a great style of play. The manager seems like he's a down-to-earth chap, and... There's everything that's likeable about Sheffield United, I think. So, as surprising as it is, the way they've played, it's not a surprise. And they were really unlucky to lose. Maybe we'll touch on VAR at the end, I mean, for fuck's sake. (laughs) But they were really, really unlucky to lose. They didn't lose, but to draw and not win at Spurs. um, They could have been doing even better than they are now. So... Yeah, Arsenal rounding out the top six at the moment, but they are really on a downward curve. Um, they started off not too bad. It looked as though it could be a fairly good season for them. Pepe signed, you know. David Luiz is not an exciting signing at the back, is he? They, I think. Yeah, again though, the the manager doesn't really seem to know what's going on with his team, who his best eleven are, what his best formation is. Which way he wants to play, he tends to alter the team, like against Leicester. He brought Ozil in. People have been clamouring for Urzil, but Leicester were exactly the sort of team that he didn't need to start Urzil against. Because Leicester press forward. They like to push their spaces at the back. So that's where you wanted to get your fast, pacey men in. You wanted to try and pin their full-backs back and not allow them on. And instead he set up as though he was playing like Burnley or something, where you needed to unpick a tight defence. And I thought it just it seems like he gets it wrong every week. So is he the first manager to be sacked, do you reckon? Um well the board have come out and backed him, but I, th- I think he's there's they're still the tight. faith just... in him is yeah, ebbing yeah. away pretty quickly. So although
0: well, don't Arsenal normally perform around that mark anyway.
1: Well, they're getting worse now they've sacked Wenger, apparently, statistically speaking anyway. Which means um, sacked him. I thought he went ages ago. He well, did. He did. Then, I mean, since gone. then. His, oh, okay. Emery's yeah, yeah. first 50 games are no better than Wenger's last 50 games, pretty much so far. Oh, um, So Arsenal really... They need something, but they need to have... He's it, got to wise up a bit, you know? It seems like that. You look at it and you think Arsenal are too open when they should be tight and they're too conservative when they should be going for it. I think
0: this year of football has been... So far, some of the best football ever in terms of it literally could be anyone. Absolutely. Because there's teams that are doing so well, then you wouldn't expect it. So I think that's probably going to play a part as well. There's results
1: in stories. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah,
0: Arsenal not doing great, but all
1: these other teams are doing so well that that could play a part as well. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And uh, we come to seventh, Man United. Sort of a little bit more of an upward trend. They were really in the doldrums at one point. I think they look as though they are probably get themselves together. We've spoke a, a fair bit about them. But there's still not a lot in it though, is there? No, Wolves 16... have uh, improved. It's a very tight league. Though. There's only three points between 7th and 16th as it stands. i so, all man you need is two losers and they're back right down the bottom. Exactly. So that's something to be mindful of for them, isn't it? But uh, Wolves... Uh, They're doing all right. They seem to have drawn quite a lot of games so far, um, but they've proved difficult to beat. Bournemouth, they were my pick for surprise of the season. I suppose they're they're pretty much where you would expect them to be. Surprising the average. Yeah, Bournemouth just sort of milling around mid-table. Burnley, home form, as we said, really good away form. Not so good. If they could sort the away form out, they'd probably be back firmly in the top half. Brighton, on an upward curve, they're really improving. I think um, it, Underground the, Potter, their style of football looks really good. They it, were beaten by United the other day, but I think at home they're going to look pretty strong. They're kind of the three teams
0: I don't really care about. The three
1: Bs. Yeah. Burnley and Brighton. <laughs> you don't like I any don't, of it, just because you don't I,
0: like it. They, they don't really stand out. They're just like, mm. <laughs> You know? They're just the middle of the table, like, it's mm, yeah. there. Filler.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, Palace, they have uh, dropped away. They had a really good start, but they've um, started to settle into more their familiar pattern now. Uh, They really can't afford to lose Zahar in January. If the rumours are true, I think they could have a really tough second half of the season and be a surprise sort of ping at this stage to go down if they lose Zahar. Uh, Newcastle, they've really got themselves together under Steve Bruce. Quite a difficult start for them. Third of the way in, they'd probably be happy with 13th and being within touching distance. (laughs) What are Tottenham doing there. (laughs) That is possibly the biggest surprise. Maybe an even bigger surprise than Sheffield United being there is Spurs being in 14th. I mean, you look at it, Newcastle now are two points off fifth. Spurs are three points off fifth, but they're 14th.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's such a good year for football. It's, it's absolutely a, brilliant. Yeah,
1: it's an absolute disaster where Spurs are concerned. And really, Everton as well, below them, who a lot of people touted to break into the top six this season. Just absolutely... They've broken the bottom six. Yeah, big anti-climax. Depressing first third for them. The only gratitude they can have is they're not even lower down than they are. Um, West Ham had a really good start. And then they, I mean, they're plummeting like a rock. It seems that there's a lot of heat falling on their goalkeeper because Fabianski's injured. Their current goalie maybe isn't up to task. Uh, So January can't come soon enough for them unless Fabianski's going to come back. Villa, uh just hovering above the drop zone, probably where you'd expect them to be. Maybe they would have had a few more points, had a big outlay in the summer. Um, but they have some good players, you can see them being okay. Watford, I mean a win over Norwich the other night, over over our lovely Norwich. Um which was their first win of the season, um, left Norwich rooted to the foot of the table, and at the minute Watford, I think they have shown, we spoke last week before they played Norwich, Watford have shown that um, this season they look, I think they look as though they're a decent team. They probably should be more mid-table than where they are. They just haven't really managed to tuck their chances away a lot of the time. But they have a few games that they'll feel they can take points from coming up. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised to see them just moving up and up and up now. Um, Southampton are... Second from bottom. To be honest, Southampton look like one of the worst teams in the league. I worse think. than Norwich? Not worse than Norwich, but bad enough. And I think it's going <laughs> to. They are a really heavy bet for the drop in my book. I think. And then you get to the bottom, which is us, Norwich. Um, you have to say us and Southampton look a hell of a lot worse than all the other teams in the league at the minute. So there's a lot more uh, red elves there. Yeah, the saying. table doesn't lie, does it? You know, Southampton show they have got fight and spirit, but. Norwich are on a real downward curve. And I was saying earlier, I think half the problem is that we're, I mean, we're just so open. When you looked at the first goal we gave away against Watford, I mean, Emmy tries to do a little cheeky turn when he's the last man and gives the ball away. But you look at the position of the defenders at that point and Tetty's way out. Teddy, there's too much distance between Tetty and Buendia. Aarons and Lewis didn't seem to be anywhere in sight. Uh, Godfrey, for some reason, was on the left side of midfield. He played the ball to Emmy and then carried on running in an overlap, leaving Emmy as, like, you know, just there by himself. And although it was a bad mistake, I mean, it's poor defending as well. We're just, we're just so open. And
0: Has it massively backfired that Norwich spent no money?
1: I don't think it's backfired. I think a lot of it now is about pragmatism.
0: Do you reckon they're playing the long game in terms of... They'll get uh, relegated, they'll have the parachute payments and then they'll build a stronger team and then maybe
1: in a couple of years... Well, look, I, I think maybe that's the long-term model but I, I love the manager. Last season was one of the most exciting, one of the most fun and one of the best seasons in our history that I remember. It was great, it was fantastic. But people can't say that the warning signs weren't there last season. We shipped a lot of goals, we just scored a lot more. And over the summer, it hasn't really been addressed. Yes, we've got a couple of centre-halves out, but Zimbo played all the last season and we still shipped a lot of goals. So um, I think there is a more pragmatic style of playing. The very first game of the season, when we played Liverpool, everybody said how they admired the fact that we tried to have a go at Liverpool. We lost 4-1, mm. by the way, for anyone that doesn't remember. <laughs> um, but there was a naivety in our play because we allowed Liverpool too much space and I mean it could have been anything really. We were lucky it was 4 1. And we haven't really changed from that. We're still setting up with the same personnel in the same way, trying to play the same game. So and we've been figured out is Every that team it? knows is, how to stuff us now. Is Norwich still playing the championship
0: uh, model and not the Premier League model?
1: I think we're playing the way that Daniel Farker wants to play, and i all credit to him. For the way that he wants to play, it's all credit to him. Should he not have
0: changed it though? Because obviously, it yes, doesn't.
1: yeah. When you when you can see, you say, "Well, uh, this is the way we're going to play, live or die." Well, we are getting massacred. We are dying. You know, we are dying a horrible, horrible death at the minute. And what we need to do is be a little bit more pragmatic. He needs to try and what you have to do if you're not doing so well in the Premier League is you have to try and stay in the game you can't be put away early on and then sometimes you have to try and grind it out whether it be a set play whether it be you know keeping it really tight at the back and trying to break away or something like that there's a change of style that needs to happen and to tighten us up a bit at the back because Max Aarons I mean a lot of them are young you have to say they're young they're still learning their trade but they are quite naive, and Aarons doesn't look like he's defensively, positionally aware. Too often at the back, his pace gets him out of trouble quite a lot. Uh, Godfrey gets caught out moving up the field. Um, we haven't got another centre-half in there at the moment. Nobody seems to be organising anything at the back. Uh, Lewis, I think, is actually pretty good going forward and in defence, but he too often, again, he gets caught forward or he gets caught in two minds. So do you reckon Norwich could fix it for the second half for the league? Not without a change. If we carry on playing this way, we're going to go down. We'll be gone by early in the new year.
0: I suppose the season
1: is either spend a load of money
0: or change the style.
1: Yeah, I think every team knows that if they um, marshal Pookie well and create separation between Pookie and the midfield, and then they put pressure on our midfield as our wide men and that push forward. Mm. They know every team knows if they turn over possession. In the midfield against us, they're probably gonna get a fairly clear run at goal, and that is just a disaster in the Premier League. Because at the moment we're shipping too many goals and we aren't scoring any now either. Whereas early doors, at least we were scoring, we're not. And so something does have to change, and really that does rest with the manager to say, okay, this is ultimately the way we want to play. But at the moment we're getting stuffed week in, week out, and this is not gonna be good long term for my players. So We need to look at how we can tighten this up a little bit while still trying to play a little bit of our own football. And for me, that is a change of formation, maybe a change of personnel, maybe doing something different, because I'll bet you in the next game, Everton are probably sitting there thinking, well, it's going to be Krull, Aarons, Godfrey, Teddy slash Amadou, Lewis, Treble, uh, Buendia, Hernandez, Pookie, Steperman. I mean, you get the idea. You can pretty much name the 11 it's going to be. They're going to set up in a 4-5-1. When they get possession, the fullbacks are going to push on. They're going to try and create yeah. overlaps on so the it's wing. it's super predictable. Yeah, it's just the way we're playing is predictable. It's easy to play against when you're predictable. And so you, you have to be a little bit more pragmatic and maybe look at what your opponent's going to do. Because Everton are not a particularly pacey... Team at the minute, they're not particularly great shakes, and we should really be thinking that we can maybe get a point there the way it stands. They tend to set up quite similarly to us, I think. Um, and we, yeah, we just need to start getting points on the board, shore it up at the back because it will give them confidence if you change the way they play and they start getting points, even if it's a bit more pragmatic, a bit more defensive. It's we just need to score confidence. more goals and let less in. Well, when you put it like that, it's an easy old game. When you put it
0: in terms of football. Yeah. I, <laughs>
1: uh, was it was a Jeff Shreve said to Pep Guardiola, didn't he? He said, uh, do you think the lack of the handball decision contributed to the loss? And he was like, we lost because Liverpool scored three and we scored one. So <laughs> <laughs> how football works. Yeah. <laughs> but just to finish off, we've been going on the half hour. But oh my God, sorry to bore the, you. The season's really good. <laughs> There's a lot to look forward to going forward. Um except for one thing, V A R. Yeah, VAR. Do you want to that for next week? Utter utter catastrophe. I mean it is. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, th- I think it's
0: best left there. Well, we've got honest. nothing next week, so we've got a couple of bits that I've jotted down to talk about. And then yeah. should we pick up VAR next week? And then i Why have that not? as the let's do Lovely. that. well let's take we'll five for- minutes.
1: So next week we'll look forward to uh fantasy on the run up to Christmas. Yeah, perhaps who we'd have in for game week thirteen, and uh, so we'll I, have a look at the next round of fixtures and. Stick I also jotted down out. something for you as well
0: because I have no idea. I put Manu transfers. What about Manu transfers? Just who are they likely to get in? Because they're going to buy a ton of players because they need them. Mm, so
1: I think that might be a good talking maybe. point. Maybe anyway, we could look that. Look anyway, at that. cool. Anyway, thanks everyone <laughs> if you have stuck with us for all that and. It's, Even more so if you've got anything out of it. But, But, uh, yeah, that concludes another week of Football Almost Daily and we'll see you next. No, we won't see you. I would say we'll see you. We won't see you. (laughs) We're going to talk at you. you. We'll talk at you and at your eardrums next week.
0: See ya. Thank you for listening to the Football Almost Daily podcast. And remember, the first rule of Fad Club
1: is to talk about Fad Club. No, seriously please tell everyone.